Hi everyone. Today I am with some of my really good friends, Marcus and Bree Miller. They are coming to you from, is it San Diego? San Diego, San Diego baby. Yes. But these are some of my dear friends who have taught in my wholehearted artist class. They're amazing teachers. And we have Brie back. Um, you would have heard Brie talk about shame-free creativity. So I had to have her back on the podcast with her amazing husband, Marcus. Hi, guys. Hi. We're so happy to be here. Happy to have you. And Raz, I'm sure your dog is somewhere. You know, Raz is right next to me. It's where he likes yes. to sit. He's here. And we have got dog treats to hopefully keep him quiet this whole time. Great. I'm so proud of him. He's like, you know, real. I didn't even know he was there. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so today you guys have made a big move, um, moving from Reading to San Diego. We and have. It's a big move. You're right. Really big move. So today I want to talk about trends. We're going to talk about uh, brave things by moving and transition and taking risks. And really what sparked a lot of this um, was a book by Matthew McConaughey called Green Lights. Um, and we talked about it a lot in, um, in my class. Um, but I'd love to know, like, how long were you guys both living in Reading before you moved? Yeah, so we had both been in Reading for about seven and a half years. And honestly, it's great. I think the the book came at the right time for us where I always think there are certain things that we don't know what to look for or believe for until we see it in someone else. Yeah. So like I grew up with a lot of control internally and it's been this journey of how do I, like people are like, let go of control. And I'm like, fun idea, but what does that mean? Right. And it's hard to know what something means until you can see a picture of it. And there have been different little markers of pictures of that in different people or different stories. And Green Lights for me was a story of Matthew McConaughey's life that gave me a picture of what trust and letting go could look like. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think even, um, so like Margaret said, we had been in writing for eight years and we both knew that we didn't want to be there long term. And we both felt in our spirits like God had something else for us. Um, but I mean, we were comfortable there and we were in a really great place. And I, and I feel like God actually like led us to this book at just the right time because it did something in our spirits to spark an inspiration and to spark like a desire for trust and for adventure. And, and I believe that that was like fully part of our story and what God had for us. And so, um, yeah, so I'm excited to talk more about the details just with everything. Yes. It's so good. Cause I know so many people who are transitioning or feel really stuck and want an adventure, but have no idea where to start. And so I love what you're saying that the book really gave you a picture and expanded your mind to what's available. So hopefully this podcast does the same thing. But Marcus, do you want to go into explaining what, without giving away spoilers too much, but explain like what the book's about? Yeah. So the concept, it's really, I mean, it is Matthew Hanukkah's um, memoir. So it's literally years of journals, 15, 20 years of journals of his journey. And the premise of the idea of green lights is in Hollywood, a green light is like a kind of like a go in casting. So it's like, oh, I have a green light in this area. So he has 
if you didn't know, Matthew McConaughey was in like so many romance movies and he had a green light in that area. So he kept getting yeses in those movies. And so he talks about the concept of when green lights happen and how, what it feels like in life when they happen and following green lights where, oh, I can feel the momentum in this area and am I following it? And he does talk about God. So like the idea of God in terms of like, what, where, which green lights is God inviting me into? And if there's a bunch, which ones do I say yes to and why? And so it really is his whole journey. And what I love is sometimes I'll tell a story and I'm like, oh, that's a horrible scenario. I'm sure he's going to say, and then my life was over. But then yeah. I'll be like, green light, I learned to trust. Or green yeah. light, it taught me I had more power than I thought. And so what it did in my mind is shift. Sometimes I think we see things so linear, like, oh, this happened and that is painful, so that's bad. But yeah. he can be like, oh, this happened and it was painful and it taught me this lesson, which led to the next green light. So it kind of shifts in your brain perspective of how you're viewing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. So Brie, do you want to explain like what is a green light, what's a yellow light, and what's a red light? Yeah, definitely. So, so like Marcus was saying, this whole book really is him filtering his entire life story through three categories, green lights, yellow lights, and red lights. And, and looking at it as like each of these things being an invitation to either go or to proceed, to stop or to slow down. And so really it's simple, like green light, green means go. So a green light is really any open door in our life, any place where we are moving forward, we have motion, or maybe it's like favor in a certain area, an invitation, something unexpected that moves you forward. That is a green light. Um, and then a yellow light and red light, both of these are kind of the opposite. Red is like a full stop. That could be anything in life, a, a closed door, someone saying no, someone shutting you down. That actually makes you stop and have to pivot a different direction. And then a yellow light is uh, similar, but, but with yellow light, it's more like, it's tension, the tension of having to slow down, the tension of, of, going so fast and then having to like stop and or slow down and take a look at yourself and basically um he talks about yellow lights being either something that bring you to a stop or something that you like put the pedal to the metal and you just speed through and you do it anyway and i think that's so true that in seasons of tension you have either two options and sometimes the right option is to stop and to pivot and to look for other open doors but sometimes in those in those seasons of tension you actually just need to like grit it and get through and keep okay. going in the right direction mm -hmm. and I love his definition of each of these like lights because I think that each of them has value in our lives and and sometimes it's so easy like Marcus was saying to look at green lights and to be like oh well that's easy so I I want that I want more of those but Matthew really does paint this beautiful picture where he shows the value of yellow and red lights yeah. and how each of those even, I think he says something like, um, in the rear view mirror, all of the yellow and red lights are just green now because each one wow. of them taught him a lesson. Each one of them was something yeah. that actually impacted him and developed him into the man that he is today. And so, and so I think it's like this really beautiful lens of being able to look at our lives and be like, oh, where are my green lights? Where's their favor? Where do I have momentum to move forward? Yeah. And where am I fighting to keep moving? And, and what are my no's? I think it's just as important to know our yeses as it is to know our no's. And so it's really valuable to be looking at things like that. That's so cool. And another thing I love about it, and this is something I have to work on because I can see like, 
as I'm a three on the Enneagram, it's really easy to judge like what's good and what's bad. What's going to like, what's the right choice or wrong choice. And I can categorize that categorize that way. And what I love about it is I think naturally as humans work, Oh, green is good. Mm. The green ones are really good. Yellow is like fine, but red is bad. Like I don't want red because like I'm trying to get somewhere instead of recognizing actually none of them are good or bad. They're just there. And yeah. there's information that we get to learn from. If I don't think red lights are bad, then when they come, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. If I judge them, then I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, uh, I mean, obviously we're both life consultants, Marcus, but we uh, would process a lot of people with a lot of people making big choices or like, especially when it comes to the area of following your heart, people um, often don't follow their heart because they don't see the green light. And so they're like, they're waiting for their ducks to be in a row in order to pursue. But I like that there is something beautiful of building faith and trust in the yellow lights, in the resistance, in the setbacks, because it actually causes you to persevere in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I think people are waiting for their logic to prove a green light. And yeah. sometimes logic tells you to do the yellow. Sometimes logic mm-hmm. is, or sometimes we're, the, the invitation of life is yeah. for the yellow or the red. And logic can't always see that. Yeah. So what would you say for, in your story? Like what, what did green lights, yellow lights, and red lights look for like for you guys? Yeah. So as Ella said, um, Brie and I lived in Reading for, well, I said this, but Ella was telling you about our story. We lived in Reading for seven and a half years and we started feeling like transition was coming. Mm-hmm. We could feel like something's changing. It's not the same as it was. We kind of like when you internally start to tell the season that we're in is it's time for it to change, but we don't know what change looks like. We don't know when change is coming. We don't know where change is going. Like we don't know where yeah. the, we're going in it but we're starting to open up and recognize, I think the light is changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that a big part of it for us is sort of following like the breadcrumbs of God or the little signs, the things along the way that sort of show you're moving in the right direction. And I think even that is a concept of green lights of looking for the areas in life that feel like there is something on it to move forward. And so Our whole last year in writing, like Marcus said, we had just been feeling this thing of transition. And I started like having dreams at night about us moving and about like about everything changing. And, and so I'd wake up and be like, okay, I think change is coming. Like, I think we're supposed to go. I think we should start packing our bags. We should, we even like did a garage sale um, before we had any idea we were moving just because we both felt in us this thing of like, oh, we need to lighten our loads. We need to make it easier for when we move. And, and even for that and the uncertainty that felt like us partnering with green lights and yeah. partnering with the spark of change in the season change. I literally think that um garages are so funny because if you think about the time it actually like, cost you money. Like sure we totally. made a couple hundred bucks, but like the 10 hours it took to prepare a garage sale was way more like time wise. Yeah. It does not actually benefit us financially. So mm-hmm. the real buy-in was oh this is a we feel something changing. How can we partner with that? Yeah. Okay, let's clean house. That's so good. Let's get ready. Let's take one step forward mm-hmm. in the journey, even though we don't know where the journey's going. We don't know where it's headed. We don't know where it ends, but we can take a step. 
Yeah. I love that because that's such a great breadcrumb of like, we feel like something is going to change. So we're going to make, make room for that and a garage sale, even though it's a lot of effort where where it's like a prophetic act of like something's changing and we're going to partner with the change. Mm -hmm. So I love how you articulated that. I remember when you guys told me, I literally thought you were going to, because you were so excited. We were in feast and you were like so excited. I'm like, they've got to be pregnant. They've got to be (laughs) having a baby. (laughs) And then no, just something else. Yes. (laughs) That's so true. And so really we had this whole long season of buildup of sensing transition, but not having any idea what it was. And then the actual change happened so quickly for us. And I would say part of, part of us knowing change was coming. There's part that like we were aware, like we don't feel called to this city forever. It was like, no, we're like, yeah. it was a real like calling was different than what we were in, but also I could tell probably both of us, but I mm-hmm. especially could tell like, Sometimes when you've been in green nights for too long, you actually need yellow lights for your soul to thrive where it's like, if something's easy, 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 I can actually almost like fall asleep internally. And I was aware I'm reaching the line where if we don't have some healthy tension, if we don't have like some yellow lights in our life Mm -hmm. that we might like plateau, like we might, and no judgment there. It's just, that's not where my soul thrives. I actually it's good yeah. for us to have tension that keeps us going. Yeah. There is healthy tension. Like if you don't put enough pressure in a tire, you're not going to get anywhere because there's yeah. a real healthy tension in humans. And so we were reaching the point where we were both like, if something doesn't change, that's actually not okay for us. Yeah. And I think like going off of that, it really is just a sense of a life of all green lights of all ease is actually a life without tension and tension is the bit where growth happens like if you don't have tension or if you don't have moments of figuring it out and persevering and pushing through you're actually not going to have growth and Mm -hmm. and we had both started sensing in us in writing like this thing of oh we're so comfortable but we're not growing and we're starting to feel stagnant and we're starting to feel like if we stay here much longer we will have overstayed the time that that was actually helpful for our hearts to be here yeah Wow, that's so good. It's great. Like, there was a really good part of the season of those green lights, and yeah. we got to enjoy it and love it. But the truth is, we're in different lights for different seasons, and that's yeah. on purpose. Mm-hmm. And some people have only ever had, they've been in survival mode, so they've had a lot of red lights. And, yeah. and so there is something beautiful about your heart needing to stabilize in a green light season. Totally. Yeah. And so writing was for yeah. both of us. For both, we came, and it was a season of healing, of redemption, restoration and really the ease of the green lights made it the perfect season for us to get whole in our hearts and to actually learn how to thrive yes and so then you've built an ecosystem internally where you feel stable enough you know yourselves enough you've seen things come through so now you're actually ready to go into uh into the wild into adventure because i know that even in like 
consulting with people, sometimes it's like, hey, you really don't need to take a radical risk. You actually just need to stabilize. We need totally. to teach you to stabilize. Totally. But this is like beautiful because it's figuring out like where you're at to, to position you to actually um, thrive. Yeah. And you weren't thriving in green lights anymore. So there, there had to be a shift. So I love That's that. That's why I yeah. love the idea of how Matthew explains it, where there's not a judgment of right or wrong or good or bad. So like, actually, a green light could be totally right for you that season. Yeah. It's not be the season I'm supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. It's actually individualized. So there was a whole portion where green light season was great for us until it's not. And I might need to be in a yellow season and you can be in a green season. And that's right for both of us. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. So we had a garage sale and Brie had had a couple of dreams where she knew like, it was like extra momentum that transition is coming for us. It was extra, like a voice letting us know. And so then we were doing that and we're like aware. So it's kind of different steps. Like we had been doing what we were calling the city shopping for a while, which is like, Oh, we'll go visit places and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we visited a few cities and each time felt like, ah, this place is great. And I feel nothing. And so I actually had a plan because we were thinking, we literally thought like, let's move to Texas. A bunch of people were doing it. Like we both are small business owners. California is not the best with taxes. So like, let's get somewhere where it's going to benefit us more. Yeah. And so I had a plan to travel to Texas in January. And it was around Thanksgiving time and our friends were going down to San Diego for Thanksgiving. And we were on the fence. They were like, you should come with us. It'll be so fun. I had never been to San Diego and Brie hadn't been since she was a kid. And I kind of thought like, I mean, what the heck? Maybe this will be like my last hoorah. I always wanted to visit San Diego before I left California. And we were still on the edge. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> our friends, friends who were down there, they're the Hollands. I'll, I'll say that because mm-hmm. it's less confusing. Mm-hmm. The Hollands, who we didn't really know, but they were like acquaintances. They were like, listen, we actually just moved. And so our old apartment is open. You can stay for free. And so we were like, I mean, that's, it was like the extra oomph to put us over the edge. Like, why not? Like, why not go to San Diego for free for a week? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and so we went on the trip and the whole way down, we listened to the book Green Lights, which is where that comes into play. And honestly, I think that there are times when you read the right book in the right season and your heart, like, can just take everything in that book and apply it to your life. And I fully believe that we listened to that book at just the right time. And it put this hunger and this desire in us for adventure and this desire for trust. And it prepared us, which was moving to San Diego. And so it wasn't on either of our radars, but we got down to San Diego and we um, spent a couple days there and still I didn't think we were going to move. I just thought like, wow, nice city. But we went to this part of the city called Coronado and we were walking on the beach there. And um, right as we were walking on the beach, me and Marcus looked at each other and both of us just had this super strong sense. And we were like, I think we're supposed to move here. And we both felt it, which for me felt crazy because I've never wanted to live in Southern California. Mm -hmm. It was never my dream. And I could never imagine myself there. And so when she says never her dream, she means it was like an anti-dream. Yeah. (laughs) I used to be like, babe, let's like, I, cause I used to want to live in SoCal and she'd be like, Marcus, no, like I can't do it. Mm -hmm. All the surf bro culture, like breeze from Seattle. It's like, 
moody, broody coffee shop, like artsy. And that is like not what Southern California is. Yeah. And so when she was like, I was like, babe, do you think that we should move here? And when she was on board, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like God has to be doing something. Yeah. It's a miracle that you would be open to this. Yeah. I actually remember hearing this because I think, but even I remember Brie, you even saying, no, I love the winter. I just, no, I don't like, you know, SoCal. And then, yeah, I was just as shocked when you told me. Oh yeah. It was a real shock for me. And I can say only God could get me here. Like I, and, and I love it now. I actually have been surprised at how quickly I've fallen in love with Southern California. But I mean, before feeling feeling God on this transition, I never would have picked it for myself. And so really when we were on the beach, like walking and praying, we just, we felt it so clearly yeah. from God that this was where we were supposed to go. But, but again, then, it still felt like we both felt it clearly, but it wasn't like a, we felt it clearly and audible voice of God happened and the heavens opened. It was yeah. like, Hey, I think I feel this. Do you yeah, kind of feel this? Yeah. And even then it's like, I mean, do I feel this? Is it just because the ocean's awesome and it's sunny? Like, how much is this? Yeah. Whatever. But it was enough of a something stirring that let's another like, let's follow the breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. So we were both yeah. like, okay, maybe let's look and see if there is a place we could find to rent here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we literally just pulled out Zillow on my phone and we were looking at rentals and and lo and behold, there is a place that was everything I would ever want in a house that was just a couple blocks away from the beach, like right where we were. And, and again, like it's these little breadcrumbs of things that fell into place that felt like yeses for the move. And, and so literally we just walked off the beach and walked right to this house and we're like, let's just walk by it. And as we walked by, um, it's like one of those, uh, one of those matching units. There's like eight identical units next to each other. And, um, it's as an old Spanish style Mesa kind of from the twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so as we were walking by the house, one of the neighbors was out front and she started talking to us and she was like, Oh, you should walk through my unit. Like I'll give you a tour. And that was incredible. Cause we were leaving the next day. So we wouldn't have had time to view it. And my heart, I don't think I could have said yes to a place I hadn't seen. Like it yeah. felt too scary. And, mm-hmm. and so it felt like just this little wink from God that actually someone was there to walk us through. So we got a tour it. And Right after we had walked through it, she was just like, hey, you should move in. Here's the landlord's number. Tell him that you know me. And everything just fell into place for us to all of a sudden have this amazing place to live. Just on our vacation, we found it. And and within like maybe three or four days of us getting back to Reading, all of a sudden we were signing a lease for a new place. And even then it felt like, back up a few days before we signed the lease, I still felt like, yeah, maybe. Like, it wasn't like a, yeah, that happened, that happened, and now it's a go. I still felt like, that's crazy. Yeah. But we were like, it was like a, I think sometimes it takes our minds to catch up with our spirits. Yes. So like my spirit was there, but my mind was so like, yeah, right, buddy. Like, <laughs> cool, you saw a unit in San Diego. But then it's like, little by little, the thing. <laughs> There's Raz. <laughs> buddy. Little by little, the things were falling up. So even we applied for the unit and then 
got an answer back and they were like, actually someone else already got accepted. And on Coronado, it is like very hard to get a place. Yeah. It's not like people are like leaving here very often, especially a place worth having that's affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, great. Like, God, if this is you, have them say no. And they called back the next day. They actually said it wasn't the right time for them. It's yours if you want it. Mm. And even the language, I'm like, who says it wasn't the right time for them? It's yours yeah. if you want it. Yeah. And so then that, that moment was the first moment I realized, oh, I think this is real. We had a decision to make. He was like, I need to know within 24 hours, tell me by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And even then, I, at that point, had like, it had caught up with me. I was like, oh, this is happening. But Brie was still not, not as much there. Mm-hmm. And she even like had this like combo with God, like God, unless you give one of us a dream tonight, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And then did you get a dream? Oh, then I got a dream. What do you know? <laughs> um, I had this dream that I was standing on the beach of Coronado and I was looking out to sea. And in the dream, I was nine months pregnant and I was talking to God and asking him where we were supposed to move next, like after Coronado. And so I woke up from that dream and was just like, well, shoot, <laughs> I, I feel like we're going to move, um, which for me, like Marcus kind of touched on it. It was the challenge of my spirit knew it was right. And in my spirit, I had a yes, but my heart and my emotions and my mind just hadn't caught up with it yet. And so there was this very real tension of saying yes to something when I still was struggling to choose it with all of me. And it honestly took me a while to catch up with my decision, I think, for my whole heart, mind, everything to catch up. Um, But yeah, I mean. Which I mean, it was crazy. We came back, signed a lease within five days, and then had to move in a month. Mm. So it was like, if I wouldn't have, if I hadn't tried to manufacture something on my own, I wouldn't have done that. I would have been like, okay, let's like move in six months. So we have the slow momentum, but like God was doing something and our spirits were like following it. And it was just, sometimes I had reached a point where I was like, no, no, this is right. Mm. Like it's actually an injustice to me internally to say no to this Mm -hmm. than to say yes to it. I think it's good to mention that we can have multiple different lights at one time. So even in the middle of this, we were trying to figure out like, cause we loved our house in Reading. Like it was like the dream yes, house. Mm-hmm. And, and our landlord loved us so much, which some, of us, some people would think, Oh, green light. Like you have extra favor. And we were like, should we see if they'll let us sublease the house so we can have it just in case. Hmm. And our landlords are like, we don't do that for anyone, but we love you so much. We're open to doing it. Yeah. Which can feel like, oh, it's a green light. They, they gave us favor. They're willing to let us keep this place just in case. Mm. But we both felt like, oh, that, that is, could feel like a green light, but actually our spirits need to say no to that because that's actually us not buying into the thing God's inviting us into. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so often I think we get swirly because we're like, oh, but this feels like a green light in the midst of this thing happening, mm. which it might be, but is it the thing that's right for you? Yeah, that's so powerful. So we had to let go of that intentionally to fully buy into the move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I think what I know from you guys, because you have done a lot of um, – emotional health growth 
And so it kind of communicates to me that you're really connected to yourselves. Like you really know yourselves and know when it doesn't quite feel right and what feels right. Like sometimes like we don't get quiet enough in our souls to know what's like our inner knower. We don't really know our knower. (laughs) And so I think that you guys have had a long time of cultivating that. And then I think what's beautiful is the book, and this is the power of story, it waken, awakens your senses to what's possible. Yeah. And so even just hearing, like, as you guys were standing on the beach, like, you just had a heightened sense because you're inspired by a story. Mm-hmm. You had this heightened sense and alertness to something is happening. Like, you know, because I think sometimes even in our faith, like we can feel a sense of God's going to tell me what to do and it's pushing and it's it's pushing. Whereas like you guys were just awake and alert. And I, I think I just love that as a takeaway, the listeners is to really just to awaken our senses yeah. um, to that. So what have you discovered, Brie, in like in the move? Now you're there. It's been how long? Maybe four four months. Four months. Yeah. So yeah, what have you discovered? Yeah, I mean, it's been such an adventure. And I think in so many ways it's looked not like I expected, but also really, really beautiful. Um, I think it's interesting, like our, our actual process up to moving, I felt like we had so many green lights and so many things that felt like this, this is absolutely confirmation that we should be moving and we should do this. And it's interesting to like take this huge risk to move somewhere where we had no connections, no purpose, no, no job. I mean, we both work for ourselves, but we weren't like moving for a job and we got there and we're just like, well, what now? And, and I think that really it's the, the human side of adventure and risk and trust is that there are, there are high highs and then there are moments where you're uncertain and there's moments where the trust looks like not having the answers and the trust can look like tension almost. And so, and so we moved and, um, honestly, like probably what I would say it felt like is a lot of yellow lights or, or even red lights of, we both felt after we moved this season of slowing down, almost stopping, even stopping our personal projects we had been working on an online course together. And, and I've been dreaming about what to do next with design. And we both felt from God so clearly like, oh, we're, we should stop this. We should stop and rest and just focus on like getting to know our city, exploring, like learning more about Southern California. And, and for me, that was such a shock. I think I can get really idealistic. And in my head, I was just like, oh, we've had so many signs to move. We're just going to get down there and our lives are going to explode and we're going to start doing all these things and, and our passion projects are going to come to life. And looking back, I think that's so funny of me. Like whenever, when you take away all of someone's familiarity and their routine and their comfort and what they know, whenever does that person then all of a sudden just thrive and do all these amazing things and like hit the ground running. And, and really like it, 
it was such a, it's been such an important season for us, I think, of, of stopping and slowing down and just choosing the little things, like choosing to invest in relationships here, choosing to find a church, choosing to build friendships, and like little everyday moments that have felt like acts of trust and acts of choosing into where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, it's been such a good season. It's been hard in, at points, totally, when you're, mm-hmm. when you're like rebuilding all of your routine and your normals and you're finding new relationships, like that can be really challenging. But it's also been a really beautiful season of like leaning into the unknowns and leaning into the trust that I actually really believe we're supposed to be here. And I believe that there's something for us here. And yeah. And the trust in the midst of not knowing what is next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I love this because we live in such a hustle culture. And I actually love that you guys are moving in the opposite direction of the crowd of like, you know, when I last spoke to you, I'm like, oh, it's like a breath of fresh air, air to hear someone cultivating a lifestyle mm-hmm. because there's seasons of like, rest and there's seasons of like really going after something and 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 you know busyness but it's I think it's really beautiful that you guys are risking even to rest oh how has that been I mean it's been good and hard and I think that one of the big things that I'm learning about myself is that I actually feel so much more in control when I'm doing all the things, when I'm performing, when I'm making away from myself. And, and I felt in this season an invitation for, for rest. And that actually felt so hard for me to say yes to and felt so much more vulnerable to say yes to because rest really like what it does is it takes away my ability to perform or to prove that I'm enough or to get all the things done on my checklist so I get to feel good about myself. And and rest feels like a thing of almost relinquishing control, you know, mm-hmm. taking all the responsibility out of my hands and putting it back on God and being like, I trust that you can lead me out of this. I trust that I can hear your voice when, mm-hmm. when we've rested enough and when it's time to tackle all of our amazing projects again. And it's so easy for me to want to control and to want to make things happen for myself. And I think that this season has felt like actually, actually seeing, do I trust God in this area? And mm-hmm. will I trust him if he's telling me to stop as much as when he's telling me to go? And for yes. me, that's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. And learning to hear that voice. That's so good. Yeah. Um, do you have any other practical, did you have something to say, Marcus? Yeah. I was going to say, it's like so funny because never would I have ever told you like my dream would be that my wife would stop working at her like high paying job <laughs> for <laughs> us to move to a city that's so much more expensive to live into an apartment that is three times, three or four times our rent in Reading yeah. and have half the income. Like those are things totally. where it's like, oh, that's a oh, cool. real yellow light season. Uh-huh. Yeah. We just decrease our money by half and increase our expenses by, you know, four. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like not, if we're talking like just following logic, that's not how you do it. Unless that's the thing God's inviting you into for your souls to come alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's a bit what the season was. And it, it felt, I actually felt shocked. Like, and this I think is where we have judgments about how long seasons will last. So it's like, 
oh, we, we often like, I want the green light to last like a long time and the yellow light can be a couple months. Like, mm-hmm. we, like partition totally. what we want. Like red yeah. light can happen for like a week, but like not too long because that's really disappointing. And I think part of the shock for me was like, oh, this season lasted longer than I thought it would. I thought we'd get down here and there'd be tension, but then it would ramp up into the next green light instead of, oh no, we're still in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that actually will last as long as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what's um, surprised you most about this transition? Some of the things, some of what I think has surprised me a lot is it felt, it, to, to, to me, it feels like God knew me in a way that I didn't know myself. And that mm-hmm. sometimes I'm literally driving around the city. I'm like, I feel so alive. There's so many things here that I didn't know I needed. Like I would have never chosen. Yeah. There's no part of my humanness that would have chosen San Diego. Mm-hmm. it wasn't a city I knew about it wasn't a place like even architecturally we both like east coast old style like buildings it's, it's just it's not what I would have chosen and yet I got here and I was like oh there's something coming alive in me in this yeah. place mm-hmm. and I didn't know what I was missing yeah yeah, yeah. And I think for me too it's felt really similar where I never would have chosen this on my own but even being here I can see like I'm outdoors more than I've ever been before. And I'm even just physical things, working out more because it's sunny. I feel healthier. I mm-hmm. I feel like even just my body has felt alive and vibrant in a way that it didn't in Reading. And yeah. and things like that where I feel like, wow, I've really fallen in love in the fallen in love with this place. But like I feel very taken care of in a way that God saw what I needed and not what I wanted. And I feel like there is a lot that I needed here in San Diego. I mean, it's beautiful because I think we box ourselves in, like we really do box out in our identity and even what we think we like until we risk. It's like we discover more about the nature of who God is and how good he is. And then you discover like, parts of yourself you didn't know existed or yeah it's like that we're not one dimensional and I love in your journey that you've actually discovered more of what it means to come alive um, which is so powerful yeah I think um another thing with a surprise about transition is I do think it's so easy to be idealistic and and to like have a perfect view of what your transition will look like and I think that something that's felt surprising but good has seen like has been seeing oh I actually have had so many triggers because I've been out of control and and recognizing that that's not actually bad but that's part of the beauty of the season like when your comfort is taken away, your insecurities will come out, your pain points will come out. And, and I think it's funny to look back at the last few months and be like, oh, wow, yeah, I forgot all that stuff was in there. And, and to see that not as a bad thing, but to see it as like, oh, this is my yellow light season. This is the tension of this. This is the tension I'm holding with risk is that in these seasons, pain will come out and I get to learn how to love myself there. I get to learn how to be okay there. I get to le- get to learn how to be on my team when mm-hmm. I am building new friendships and when I don't have my normals and my like safety blanket around me and and I think that that's been something that has felt like surprising but also beautiful because really what the pain in the transition does is it get it allows me to have an opportunity to 
be with myself in those pain moments and to be on my own team and to practice like actually owning all of the the healing that I've gotten in this last season in writing and that has felt both surprising and very hard at times but also really necessary and really empowering yeah, yeah that's so good mm -hmm. I love that and sort of any closing kind of thoughts or challenges to the people listening today? Or even like if you could describe like what your next brave thing looks like in as you're still in process, because I think that we, we never arrive anyway, but we as a culture tend to celebrate like the shiny thing, but we actually should celebrate process more. So Totally. Yeah. What does the next brave thing look like for you or any final thoughts? Yeah. One of, well, this isn't so much the next brave thing, but the thought I had when you were like final thoughts are mm -hmm. adventure is worth it and trust is worth it. And actually like my whole heart, even when Ella was asking me this is, Oh, I want them to hear a story of real human people who are messy and, have brokenness and are on the process yes. who are on the journey of trust. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like we made it to San Diego and now everything is like, like perfect. It's like, Oh no, we made it and we're still trusting. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this fun. Yes. To, okay. Yeah. I'm in it. I'm in it wherever it goes for however long it takes. Mm -hmm. And it really is fun. Like yeah. out there, just so you hear, it is fun to trust and believe. And I'd rather take, five brave steps then and have insecurity and and messiness then take no brave steps steps and have security and not go mm -hmm. yeah that's so good that's yeah good. and i think even like going off of that as people we have this thing in us that just wants to cling to safety and cling to our comfort zones and cling almost to the things that we have decided in our lives are safe whether it's a job or relationships or a home but the truth is like those are they're not a real sense of safety like everything in our life changes it you can lose the job or the relationship could end or these things that we decide like oh, no this is what i'm clinging to they aren't actually that safe but really trust is the most logical option because god is the safest thing out there and he's the same yesterday today and tomorrow and so why wouldn't i put my trust in a god who might take me on a crazy adventure and might and i might lose all the things that i thought i needed to be okay but actually like that is the safest place for my heart when you're saying yes to god and yes to adventure you're actually in a really really safe place even when it doesn't feel that way and mm -hmm. i I feel like that's something that we can all like take with us. Yeah, that's so good. Something mm -hmm. I thought when she was saying that, that I love, there's this book, The Alchemist, and this is another spoiler, but he goes on this huge journey and he's trying to follow what they call the omens, which are like signposts kind of, and he gets to the end of the journey and basically to find out, I was like, oh, the treasure is back where I started. Like the thing I was looking for is back where I started. And he's like, what the heck, God, why? And he's like, oh, but weren't the pyramids cool? Mm -hmm. Like on the journey, he saw the pyramids. Like, wasn't it so fun to see the pyramids? Yeah. And I have been like wrestling with God. Like, I don't know what we're doing here. What's happening? And I felt this internally thing like, oh, even if it's just, Marcus, wasn't it so fun to live on an island and go to the beach every day? Yeah. Like, oh, if that's the least, if that's like, yeah. if that is the least of what I get out of this is, oh, God took me on an adventure mm -hmm. to get to live by the beach and mm -hmm. see the ocean 
and explore this new place. Okay. Yeah. And there's so much wonder and childlike and yeah. simplicity in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, we don't need to make it complicated. It's so beautiful. I love that. Um, do you guys have a next brave thing in mind? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, I think we alluded to this a bit that I, in November, I quit my stable job and I went on the move. And since moving here, like I had the first three months of the move really felt strongly that I wasn't supposed to be working. And that felt really out of control for me because I'm such a performer. And so it looked like, um, me turning down a lot of job offers and turning down really cool opportunities and also feeling the uncertainty of like, why am I turning this down? I have no idea. I feel like I should take this, but my gut just feels like I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it kind of comes back to you. There's this story in green lights where Matthew McConaughey, he like gets to this point in his career where he basically had become known as the guy who does rom-coms. He's just in every single rom-com. He had so many open doors and he got to this point where it felt like it was too easy and he wasn't being challenged there. And so he actually completely stopped taking job offers and amazing scripts would come in and they'd offer huge amounts of money and he would turn them all down. And he just like pulled back and stepped out of the spotlight and didn't even know what he wanted to do next, but felt like he needed to say no to what he was already doing and that was a season of like realigning for him in a season where his heart actually came alive and he discovered like what type of acting he wanted to go into next and for me this season has actually felt really similar it's felt like I had a lot of success in one area and then I just pulled back and stopped working and kind of sat around and felt confused and didn't know what I wanted to do and said no to a lot of offers and In this season, the one thing that I felt like really good about design-wise was uh, working on a website for my husband. And and I actually found like my heart came alive doing web stuff and my heart like loved building a website and loved trying this new area of design. And it actually felt like something waking up in me. And so I... I've just started doing freelancing again, just, um, this last month and I felt like a ton of creative energy for it. But I think I've also felt like this new dream inside of my heart for different types of design that I would like to do and different things I would like to build. And, and that feels scary even just to go after places that feel vulnerable and new and they feel like, Oh, I'm not successful at this yet. Cause I haven't done this a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've actually had to set design down for a few months to discover this new thing in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that feels like a next brave thing in that I don't even really know career wise what it will look like, but I do know that I think the season of stopping has been a really important one for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you're paying attention to where life is. That's so good. Mm-hmm. What about you, Marcus? I think probably similar. It's both of us are exploring career-wise. So I am reaching a point where I'm like, oh, I want to actually, bravery looks like taking the next step career-wise in terms of I run my own business. I do one-on-one personal consulting sessions, which you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, what, what's the next step? What is the next thing to build? Because I'd love to build a space where I don't have to meet one-on-one mm-hmm. five sessions in a row in order to have an income. Like I'm like, oh no, I want to build 
a system for us, like a, mm-hmm. yeah. like a basically like I'm, I'm aware, like it's time for the next step in mm-hmm. taking ownership and power in my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, I love that because you're both entrepreneurs. And so you're always going to be risking when you're building your own business. Even things like, like, okay, I'm going to not do sessions on Fridays because I'm going to try to, I'm going to take that time just to build personal things, which is like, well, that's income I could be making. Like it it feels like a risk to all that to build something else. Yeah. I can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, I guess like, for people listening and especially um, like if someone wanted to like book in a consulting session with you, I highly recommend Marcus. I send my beautiful brothers to Marcus. So that's how much I respect him. <laughs> so um, if, you, if, if, if someone wanted to find you, how would they find you? You can look at my new website that my wife made. That's right. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Brie, if anyone wanted to get some design work done? Yes, people can also find me on my website. It's briannamiller.net. Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, it's been so life-giving talking to you guys. I just feel so inspired and even awake in my own life of like, ooh, what is the breadcrumb that I am following? So I hope our audience feels inspired and um, yeah, feel free to get in touch with us if you want anyone listening. So yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining today, guys. Thanks for having us. Yes. And they'll be back on again, guys. So make sure you listen up and follow us on the next Brave Thing podcast on Instagram. See you guys.